BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Well, it's time to Ben Jarosky's show as I speak. It's Thursday, January 20th, 2022. I'm just going to read you a headline from today's newspaper. Just a randomly selected this newspaper uh, to read a headline from just to give you a sense like, when you're listening to what was going on in the world at the time we had this conversation. And this is so apropos. I swear to God, I did not plan this, guests. It just happened this way, okay? just happened this way. But this is the headline, I kid you not, in the New York Times on this day. Starbucks won't require vaccinations for workers. How about that? <laughs> uh, it's kind of appropriate to, uh, I mean, we're not really going to have a conversation about vaccinations, but we are going to have a conversation about Starbucks. So without further ado, I'm going to ask my two distinguished guests to introduce themselves. And as I always do, uh, let's see if my distinguished guest introduce himself. I'm going to ask for a distinguished guest uh, whose first name begins with a Z <laughs> to introduce yourself. Go. Hi, um, I'm, I'm Zero. Uh, I work at Starbucks, the Randolph and Wabash location. My pronouns are uh, he, they, so yeah. And uh, guest whose first name begins with S. Introduce yourself. How's it going? My name is Sunny. Um, I work with Z over at Randolph and Wabash, and excited to be here. All right, I'm excited uh, to have the two of you here. Thank you very much for coming on the show. And as I told uh, uh, Sunny and Z, I was going to say this before we got started. So I'm going to say this right now. I say this whenever I have people uh, who are forming a union. I just had someone from the Art Institute. Uh, we were doing this. So we, and uh, they form their union, all power to the Art Institute employees. I just want to say this, uh, Starbucks uh, chieftains. Uh, Sonny and Z have a First Amendment protected right to speak their minds. And I know you believe that because you're American citizens and you profited in this country, done very well for yourselves, Starbucks, uh, in the American system. And you, Starbucks employers, you exercise your First Amendment protected rights to say what you want all the time. So please, whatever they say, do not punish them in any way because they're attempting to organize a union. I do not want to hear that you punished guests on my show because I would be so un-American of you to do so. So I just put that out there as a plea. 
to my friends who run Thank the you. Starbucks <laughs> Corporation, okay? And I, by, by the way, Starbucks, I think half of your money comes from me. All the coffee and donuts or whatever it is I have purchased at your... What's your usual order? <laughs> you know, it's that one... Um, they call it blonde or something like that. Oh, blonde roast. Okay, okay, okay. These guys. That's know. respectable. <laughs> do you take it? Uh, do you take it black or with cream and sugar? No, 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 no sugar. Uh, I only have the sugar at Dunkin' Donuts. Thank you for asking. I sometimes go. To <laughs> Don't hold that against my sure. guest, Starbucks. <laughs> I sure. go to D and D. Okay, so but, but I always say, leave a little at the top uh, for the cream. Like we'll put the cream in, and uh, yeah, no. Uh, Big fan of Starbucks. Been going to Starbucks for years. And a big fan of Dunkin' Donuts, too. So I just want to throw that out there. All right. I'm going to st- uh, start uh, just randomly uh, with Sonny. And um, I have been following this, Sonny, with great interest uh, for a while now. Uh, this sort of, like, movement that, to me, came out of nowhere. Now, you may, you may know that it didn't just come out of nowhere. And it would be great if you could talk about it a little bit. I first noticed it, like, Buffalo. I'm like, damn, Starbucks employees in Buffalo are organizing. Buffalo is such a hip town. <laughs> all of a sudden in my eyes, you know, I didn't give them credit. And then it's like spread all over the country. And here in Chicago, I'm reading stories in the newspapers. Uh, so, Sonny, we'll start with you. And then, Z, you kick it in right after uh, Sonny's done with any thoughts you have. What's sort of the motivating force or factors uh, that's encouraging Starbucks employees to at this point in time, the year 2022, uh, to start forming a union. Go ahead. Honestly, it's just, you know, plain and simple. We want better conditions. We want management to listen to us. We want, um, you know, our concerns to be heard. We're the people out there in the stores making them their money. And we just want, you know, a little respect from them. See? Yeah, it's like, it's just sort of been building for a while. Like, everyone knows how crazy, like customer orders can be and like, you know, maybe like dealing with certain customers. Um, and, uh, but it's just sort of slowly been sort of like building up. And um, after Buffalo filed for a union and that made like national news, um, it sort of got like kind of like every other Starbucks location to start really kind of talking about it. Um, it was just for, for our store specifically, it was just sort of like a, small little like comments here and there were all like I someone else was sort of like trying to like feel everyone out and like from there it was just like oh like I'm sort of also like figuring out where people are at and this this and that like small things here and there yeah it's a lot of little things just you know compounded over time and like Buffalo Buffalo is so awesome and we've been like talking with some other people from Buffalo that we work with and they're just so cool and like it was really like dominoes like once we saw like yeah oh, wait, we can do that? It was like, <laughs> it just started so quickly after that. Absolutely. Like, the catalyst had been, like, there had been several, like, situations that are very specific to, like, our store, like, our location. Like, not, like, just store, but, like, little literal physical location um, of just downtown Chicago. Um, there had been someone who, we'd, we'd had, like, difficult customers, like, here and there. Like, we'd all heard about, like, some some difficulty here and there within our district, within like other stores locally in Chicago. Um, but there was someone who came in um, who's been like a repeat trespasser and harasser, um, not just to us, but also to like to customers. Um, and it got to once there was like a corporate meeting with, uh, with the uh, management at our store, um, along with the shift supervisors and other people who may have been present at that time. 
And um, corporate just completely like dismissed everyone's concerns and kind of like was like, yeah, we hear you out, but like maybe like maybe take. So they like someone actually like was telling the like someone who straight up got threatened to their face was like, maybe you should sit down with this customer and see what their issues might be <laughs> like over a cup of coffee. And it's like, I'm not going to do that with someone who, you know, like straight up threatened me. Yeah, it was like violent threats from customers to employees and upper management was just like really kind of dismissing. Wow. And uh, so are violent threats, in your humble opinion, increasing uh, over over the last year or so? I'm wondering if there's connected to COVID or is this just sort of an occupational hazard of dealing uh, with the public in a coffee shop? And I'll start with you, uh, Z. Um. I, there may be a correlation. I don't with with COVID. I'm not sure if it's like causation, but like definitely we've had had we have had like um, Starbucks corporate did send in like a therapist <laughs> to sort of have like a talk with um, um, this other store that I used to work at uh, in the same district. Um, who like so there was a difficult customer at that store that I used to work at that also went to our current store, Randolph and Wabash. Um, they sent a therapist over and was like, uh, oh, I forgot <laughs> uh, where my train of thought was going. Um, sat us down and was like, yeah, there because of COVID, um, a lot of like mental health places, a lot of like um, places for the homeless are like shut down to like not be a super spreader event. You know, these people may, may or may not be vaccinated. It's difficult to be to get vaccinations. Um, and also just sort of um, after I talked to another coworker um, who'd been with Starbucks for like five years, she said that uh, over time, it's just gotten worse. It hasn't gotten better with like dealing with difficult customers. So I feel like it's kind of a yes to both questions. And uh, is it just sort of a corporate attitude that the customer is always right? Uh, and so you have to put up with the customer regardless of what the customer does. Are they, are they trying to send out some kind of message or vibration that we uh, don't confront you uh, and so we embrace you? I mean, I'm trying to understand what would motivate. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. Definitely both of those things play a factor. Um, Starbucks has this like kind of image of like being very progressive and that's, you know, part of this image to them um, is, you know, you don't kick them out, like sit and have a conversation with them. Um, which, you know, we try to, but a lot of these customers, very aggressive, very violent. Some of them are like repeat offenders. Um, yeah. (laughs) So a little bit of both for sure. It's like a huge part of our job to like be very like, uh, responsive in a positive way to customers. If like, they're like, Hey, my drink was made wrong. We're like, Oh, don't worry. We'll make it for you. Um, even if maybe they did it something on purpose, which most of 99% of the time they don't, uh, <laughs> um, people don't tend to take advantage of sort of like our like kindness sort of policy, but, um, it's a huge factor of our job to be like, be personable and, uh, amiable. It's also a little bit, um, about like safety. Like when you have these like customers harassing you, being aggressive, like you don't really want to get into it with them. Like it's kind of uncomfortable to get into it with them and you don't like really, you don't really know what they're going to do. Um, and we don't really have any way to kind of like enforce, um, like for example, if we ask someone to leave the store and they go and sit down at a table, there's really nothing we can do. 
because we don't have any support from upper management. You know, a uh, couple of thoughts pop into my head, and I'll share them with you and get your reaction to it. Number one, very bizarre attitude to have. It's almost as though, follow me in this, you're rewarding bad behavior. So if just I'm just going to pick up on what you said. So uh, sit down and have a cup of coffee with them. I presume if you're going to sit down and have a cup of coffee with them, you're going to get a free cup of coffee. So effectively, the Starbucks management is telling yep. employees, <laughs> we will give free cups of coffee to people who are rude to our employees. Like, if I want a free cup of coffee, I'm just going to go in and start harassing a Starbucks employee. And then, like, within a week, oh, Ben, have a cup of coffee here. You want a Danish? And uh, it just seems like a very uh, counterproductive way, to put it mildly, Mm -hmm. uh, to get customers to respect employees. Am I missing something here? No, that's that's about, that kind of sums it up. (laughs) And what, what really especially sucks is that, like, it's the difficult customers, like they're not, they're not, they don't happen very often, but when uh, one comes up, like it's kind of upsetting because there's only so much that we can do on behalf of like all the rest of the customers that are in there. Like we're like, I'm like 100% genuine, like at least for morning crew, like I know for a fact that morning crew, like we try our best to be like very personable and, and um, try to create like sort of like a pretty fun, uh, nice environment, a nice atmosphere for our customers to sit in. Cause it's like, everyone's having a morning coffee. Everyone's just barely waking up, uh, just trying to get to work. Um, and when one difficult customer comes in, it kind of does ruin it for everyone. And there's only so much we can do. And I, I feel bad for all the like bystanders. Oh no, it is a, a obnoxious thing to have to put up with. And I'll, and I'll draw the other thought I had, and I'll get your reaction to this. It's a big contrast to what I've noticed uh, with the airline industry, follow me on this. So if you get on an airplane, there's a really obnoxious uh, what customer on the airline. What do they call them uh, on the airline? You know, they call them customers, whatever. The person next to you in a seat is abusive. The airlines don't play. Boom. You're out of the airline and you're banned. I'm not making this up soon, Sonny. I mean, it's like you're banned. You, you're in a no-fly zone. They don't play around. And it's just a very curious. I'll put you on the no fly list. Yeah, you're on the no fly list. Can you imagine being on the Starbucks no drink coffee list? But I mean, I. Uh, you gotta I, go to Dunkin' now. Yeah, you yeah. gotta go to Dunkin'. They're not putting Spanish up with it. Okay, I'll tell you right now, I've been to Dunkin' Donuts. They're not putting up with somebody being rude. Um, that'll be the next uh, group of workers for Pete DeMay to organize. I see you, Pete. Um, I hope but, so. Uh, you go to uh, Dunkin' Donuts. So. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a very interesting contrast. And, of course, the uh, flight, air flight attendants uh, flight attendants have a, of a union, so that may have something uh, to do with it. Um, so, all right, so you've, you got this idea from Buffalo. Uh, so what are the steps that uh, have to be taken before uh, Starbucks employees are former union? Ooh, that is genuinely trying to feel out, like, who would be pro-union that's absolutely like the hardest part i think yeah just going around to your coworkers and being like so like have you heard what's going on in buffalo like what what do you think about that like trying to like gauge opinions and i definitely um i have a friend who works at another store in a different district and was you know trying to do the same thing at her store as feeling people out and like someone went and snitched on her to management and then she was like, am I, like, she was worried. Like, am I going to lose my job now? Like, management is aware that I'm trying to unionize and they're not happy about it. And, like, that's a very real risk when you're trying to unionize. 
And so let me ask you that following up the obvious, here you are speaking about it publicly. And I, again, as I said at the outset, I, I appreciate uh, very much that you're doing so because I think it's really important that people hear voices like yours. But at the back of your mind, are you concerned uh, that management will punish you uh, for speaking out publicly? And go ahead. It is very nerve wracking, honestly. Um, when being public and like having your name out, you're like a little bit more protected, um, like legal rights, obviously. But it is still very nerve wracking. And especially knowing like management is like reading these interviews we're doing, possibly listening to these podcasts. And we're sitting here being like, oh, ooh, Starbucks, we want a union. <laughs> it's kind of scary. Um, I, I would say no, because like I, I'm more like on the other half of it where like my name is like on the letter. I'm the one who like I, it was my email <laughs> that I sent to like the district manager and like uh, um, someone else in Starbucks corporate. Um, it's my email <laughs> um, where I sent the uh, like, hey, we want a petition for a union. Uh, so like they know um, it's I feel like it's pre it's pretty hard to like change my mind. I'm legally protected because my name is on the uh, letter. Um, and in, I am I 100 percent like do enjoy my job and I not to be like overconfident, but like I think I like to think that I'm kind of good at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not necessarily worried about getting fired. I'm like, oh, no, like the district manager's not going to like me anymore. <laughs> I mean, he, he still talked to us and is like pretty amiable, pretty amiable to both of us. So I know yeah. it hasn't been awkward yet. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I'll say this to the district manager. I just had as a guest on the show, the head of the Chicago Principals Association. And these are principals, the people who run each individual school in the Chicago public schools. And they are petitioning to form a union. So district managers what? of Starbucks, you should talk to my friend Troy LaRavier. Maybe you can form your own union. Uh, all right. Right. That's the uh, thing is, it's like, this could be benefiting you too. Like, we're not against you. This is for all of us. Yeah. All right. So what are some of the uh, hesitations that people have, the reservations, I should say, that people have, uh, it, your fellow employees, when you talk to them before me, what are some of the um, uh, objections that you've been hearing? Well, the thing is, like, our, we got kind of lucky where, like, our store is like a majority, a strong majority uh, pro-union. So I've yet to really hear any, like, drastic reservations, just more like, nervousness and anxiety of like oh what if like corporate says something to me but we we've just sort of like uh reassured each other and be like hey we have each other's back like um don't worry I'll, i'm here with you like we kind of like prep them on like um this is something that might happen but it's not anything too crazy to worry about um we're all going to go through it together and it's because like we're unionized like we're we're union we, we uh <laughs> We got each other's back. That's like the whole point. Uh, and how has, what has been uh, Starbucks response? What sort of the uh, message have various Starbucks supervisors been delivering to you since they received the email alerting them to the fact that your store wants to organize? Um, at our store so far, it's mostly been just like um, a stronger presence of upper management, upper management coming to visit us more often. Um, we do have a mandatory meeting coming up in a week or two that we're pretty heavily speculating is going to be like a captive audience meeting, which basically means um, management will come in and sit everyone down and basically tell us why we don't want to vote union. And they're going to say things like, oh, the union's a third party. Like they, they're a business too. Like they don't work for you. They're putting, we like to have, or well, Starbucks likes to say, 
we want to be partners with you. We don't want the union involved because they're a third party. They're going to do stuff like that. Um, I've heard tales of like people doing captive audience meetings, like a pizza party. <laughs> like you come in and you sit and get your pizza and they try to make it like a fun thing. So you're excited about voting no to unionize. That's kind of like what happened with us earlier though, where uh, the district manager, oh my gosh. So something happened where uh, um, the shift lead wasn't uh, answering his phone. It Ultimately it was fine. Um, but I had to call the district manager, which is so ironic and so funny. Um, horribly ironic um i had to call the district manager and be like hey i don't know how we're gonna open can you swing by and help out um he absolutely swung by and just kind of stuck around for like a couple hours um literally waiting for um our two other openers who were supposed to come in uh like a little bit later so it was me um another partner and then sunny and we're all sitting in like a whole other Starbucks location because that's where I was waiting. In the meantime, I don't have the I don't have the key, obviously, to open the store. Um, and we've just been sitting there for like a couple hours. And I'm kind of like, we're just like chatting. And I'm kind of like, okay, so what are we going to open the store? Um, and then eventually uh, the district manager is like, okay, I guess it's about time that we actually walk over and, you know, open the store. And then we walk over and um, he sort of, he picks up on something that um, the other, that the other opener like picked uh, mentioned earlier, um, where she was like, I kind of would love to see like if maybe we could do more of like a coffee tasting, you know, just so I could like give better recommendations and stuff like that. And so he kind of literally did that. We literally just like brewed some drip coffee and had a taste test right then and there. And we didn't open for yet another hour. We didn't open until nine when we're supposed to open at six. Yeah, it was the first time we've ever seen like district manager come in and like put on an apron and be like, all right, let's work. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of weird. And what do you think he was trying to do with that? Oh, he was absolutely angle is kind of like like, we, we support you. You don't need the union because we'll support you. We'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. So it's them kind of trying to, like, be the nice guy and be like, see, we'll take care of everything you need. Like, you don't need the union. Yeah. We also had, like, a couple, like, um, just, like, uh, like several other quick fixes for things that we've been, like, raising concerns about and trying to bring up to corporate for, like, months now where, like, we had a door that was not opening or, like, sticky and it was it was weird. And all of a sudden, that door got fixed. Um, all of a sudden, like, um, more, like, maintenance people started coming in and doing, like, fixes for, like, things that we've been, like, mentioning for a super long time. And we're like, hmm, they're only, they're only starting to do this once Weird. we started. Uh- <laughs> oh, my goodness. I saw a tweet from the Starbucks Workers Union of someone at a different store who um, they had, like, petitioned to unionize. And they had, like... Um, Roseanne something she's like a national management like she's national management she came in to like sweep their floors (laughs) and he was like well our floors are fine before we were trying to unionize like why are you here now one of the things I read uh from Starbucks when uh there's a story in the newspaper uh about an organizing effort especially in Buffalo uh is all all the great benefits that Starbucks offers its employees including access to health care which whenever I read that, I'm like always startled because it's like healthcare is such a fight in this country. I could, could go on and on and I want to bore you with our country's insane attitude toward healthcare. Uh, but start but puts that out there. And I believe there's also a benefit program uh, that helps compensate for uh, like going to college or junior college. I believe I've read that in the newspaper. 
Um, so talk a little bit about uh, working at Starbucks from that angle. Is it, it seems like what Star, the message Starbucks is putting out is that we were a generous com- company that does more for its employees uh, than most uh, employers do. So there's no need for a union. Either one of you can lead off with this one. I don't care who. And hear both of you on it. So go ahead. Yeah, that's. I mean, it is true. Like the healthcare, it's it's great, and and it starts at 20 hours, so you can work part time and still get those health benefits, which you like can't at a lot of places. Um, and like, we like our jobs. We like the benefits. We enjoy working. We really like all our coworkers. Like, it's not just like we don't want to just like take a big dump on Starbucks. We just want Starbucks to like live up to this, you know, these mottos they have and like these progressive ideals. Because they are doing a lot, but they could definitely be doing more. There was a New York Times article that talks about how, like, Starbucks, like, prides itself on hiring such, like, a widely, like, diverse and inclusive set of partners. Um, but then they're, like, surprised that, like, because we're, we're, we tend to be sort of, like, left-leaning, which kind of leads to, like, hey, maybe we kind of want to unionize. Um, and something that Brick said um, was uh, that's, like, I think that's one of the ways that made Starbucks the place to unionize. Starbucks promises so much better. It looks like it's going to be so much better. And then when it comes to the shortcomings, um, you work there and you see the reality of it and you feel a a lot more than just bitter. You feel let down. So it's like, yeah, we do have like amazing healthcare. um, But also there are times um, where we feel like we have to show up to work, even though we're clearly overworked and we're in a lot of pain um we still feel like we have to come into work because oh my gosh how are we going to find coverage um and then like we're sort of like kind of deteriorating our bodies a bit and um instead of like kind of doing more about that uh starbucks kind of does like a here's a here's a headspace trial that you could try out um here's like some therapy and so it's sort of like workarounds versus like kind of getting at the the problem directly. Um, yeah, I totally agree. And that is actually one area where their healthcare lacks is it could do probably better mental health services. Oh my goodness. Just join the line. But yeah. It's, yeah. it's an incredibly demanding job, like emotionally and physically dealing with, we have on a busy day, 2000 customers, a thousand mm-hmm. customers. I don't know. And just having to have this like super polite, happy image, even when people are like, really not nice to you it's like totally exhausting especially during the summer it gets really really busy like i like for chicago we have like a chicago marathon that goes on and there's all these athletes and their friends and families coming in um ordering drinks that just, was a rough day just asking <laughs> for water and then we have like Lollapalooza, which is like somewhat even crazier um and for those days where we know we're going to be extremely busy we don't get any extra compensation we get paid as if it were any other day I remember having these conversations and get your thoughts on this. uh, When the fight for 15 uh, movement first uh, got started in Chicago, I don't know if you were here, it was about eight years ago. uh, And that was the movement to uh, increase the minimum wage really caught everybody by surprise. Uh, And uh, one of the first group of workers uh, that the organizers organizers tried to organize were McDonald's workers. Uh, They've had mixed success to put it mildly on that front for a lot of different reasons. But I remember this, um, this young man that I know who uh, thinks of himself as, uh, let me do this right because I got dyslexia. I always get it reversed. 
liberal on social issues, so uh, he uh, believes a woman should have a right to choose an abortion, but conservative on, uh, on fiscal issues, meaning he hates paying taxes, cheapskate. And he was saying that minimum wage workers at McDonald's, it's one step ahead of automation, and the reality is they don't deserve any more money than they get. And I remember hearing this thinking, well, first of all, you sound like a real total jerk without maybe realizing it, number one. But number two, if I'm McDonald's or I'm Starbucks, this is the face. You are the face of Starbucks or McDonald's. You're the person people see. And maybe McDonald's doesn't care because they're just selling in so much quantities. They don't care what the human being is like at that moment of at that counter. But I do believe a corporation like McDonald's or Starbucks should be concerned about the face that the public meets because it's you. You get what I'm saying? That's their whole model. Yeah, absolutely. And especially Starbucks, you know, prides themselves on having like the neighborhood coffee store experience. Like you come into Starbucks and you can depend that you're going to get the drink you always like. You're going to see the cashier, you know, they, they know your drink when you walk in. Um, and that's like, that's really important to their brand. And like, we're the people upholding that. Yeah. Uh, so I would think they'd be uh, more tolerant of uh, making sure that everybody's okay because you are the face. You you figure they would want to encourage you. And that leads me to this question. Uh, as best you know, how long do people stay at Starbucks, employees stay at Starbucks? Go ahead, Z. <laughs> um, at the past store that I worked at, we had two new hires. Um, I personally kind of like helped train them. Like, uh, like I don't have a trainer certification, but I did help them out at register. Cause that was like my home base. Like I'm really good at register and being personable with customers. So I tried to help them out and train them. Um, they got hired during the summer, which is like the ultimate peak for Starbucks in a downtown Chicago. Um, and, uh, I think less than a month, they both quit. <laughs> um, there's some people who like, the um, the turnover rate definitely depends like store by store. If you have like a store with like pretty messy management, um, then it would obviously be a wor- way worse. We're really lucky to have like a really nice, a really cool store manager. So I don't think I've really seen anyone like leave quite yet. Um, at most it's like, it's more like we, we there's like a thing in Starbucks where uh, they have like bar- borrowed partners and transfers. So like, um, if one store is like short on someone, um, they could hit up another store and be like, Hey, do you have anyone that you could maybe send over? And like, it, it'd be something sort of like that. Honestly, I don't know if I've really been with the company long enough to totally speak confidently on the turnover rate. Um, but I do know a lot of people I've worked with at our store and other store have been there like two, three plus years. Our store manager, I think maybe like a decade or two has worked for the company. The reason I asked this, the follow-up, obvious follow-up question, just in terms of organizing a union, is difficult if there's a constant turnover of the workforce. That's why we feel like we're a pretty strong group, at least like for our store and uh, hopefully for for our whole district. Uh, um, I know so many people throughout our district that have been with the the company for years. Um, The average, I feel like, is like two... The four years and there's obviously more people who have been there for like a really long time and then there's a lot of people who are still new and still are kind of figuring their way out but they enjoy it 
Um, yeah, so I feel like that's why Starbucks is also like a very good, a very uh, strong place for unions to really start because so many people from being there for a month to being there for 10 years um, want better for from the company. And we know that we can get better. It can be better. So what's the next step uh, for, before you actually have a vote? I mean, what do you have to do to get to the point where y- you vote as to whether you want to organize, officially be organized as a union? Right now we're at the stage where Starbucks is kind of stalling for time before the election, which is something they did in Buffalo too. Um, so the NLRB is going to have a trial where Starbucks is basically going to argue that the whole district should vote as a district. And we're going to say, no, we should vote store by store. Um, and like the union lawyers and our union rep have basically told us like, there's no precedent for this. This didn't fly in Buffalo. They just want to stall more time. Um, so they can keep holding like these captive audience meetings and keep um, trying to talk people out of voting. Yes. But after that happens, we will get our election date, which will be six to eight weeks from the trial. And then it's just, you know, holding out for those six to eight weeks until we can vote. Buffalo set a precedent. So, and uh, Starbucks have tried everything, every anti-union busting uh, or anti-union uh, busting tactic in the book with Buffalo. So we, everyone else already has sort of an idea of what Starbucks corporate is going to do. So we're not necessarily too worried. It's more just like having to stick it out till we get to that vote. Yeah. And so far it, they, followed pretty much the same pattern that they've done in Buffalo as well. What do you mean the same? It's almost like they're from the same playbook, yeah. if you will. What, how yeah, yeah, exactly. So basically, um, uh, Pete DeMay likes to say, like, once you file, they come in and they never leave. It's It just starts with, the, you know, seeing management again, um, the higher upper management presence, playing the nice guy, and then getting a little more serious with those captive audience meetings and, you know, going up from there. So when you call it a captive audience meeting, I keep coming back to this. Does that mean it's it's everybody's required to be there? Is that what the captive part is? Yeah, it's a mandatory meeting. Um, and I believe they can, like, if you don't come, they can do, like, um, what's the word? Well, they can, like, punish you, basically. They can do, like, disciplinary action. Um, Got it. And you have to stay to the end? That's the other part of captive? Like you're yeah. captive... And I, and I presume union people call it captive. I don't think, I, I, my guess is that Starbucks is not calling it a captive. No, that's meeting. probably not very flattering for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're having a, a captive meeting on Friday. Having, Bring your own donuts. We're having a union busting pizza party. Yeah, no, they just uh, call it a store meeting. Store meeting. Okay. But I saw a statistic actually that like these meetings can like really, really like work. Like they work. Um, the statistics said that like without captive audience meetings like 70 percent 73 something percent of uh, union votes go through and then like versus places that hold these meetings it's like 40 something percent and and um they can legally do this like some places have tried to get it outlawed some states have um no states have been successful they can totally legally do this but we can't like we can't hold any union meetings or anything that's illegal well, we do live in a capitalist country, uh, and the rules are generally written for people uh, who run uh, the companies, not the people who work at the companies, uh, which is why the 
the NLRB is so important. That's the National Labor Relation Board, uh, which is the body that adjudicates many of these disputes. And, uh, you know, I'll throw this out. And I know as soon as what the words escape my mouth, I realize I'm si- sounding naive. So, but whatever. So get your reaction. We'll start with you, uh, Z. Get your reaction to this. Why doesn't Starbucks say, oh, you guys want to form a union? Okay, we'll have the election next week. Here's why we don't think you should join a union. Now, Z, you get to address the group and tell them why you think they should join a union, and then we'll have a vote. So why doesn't Starbucks take, in your humble opinion, that approach as opposed to captive audience meetings and reading from the central playbook uh, to deter you as they try to Buffalo? Oh, uh, more money in their pockets versus in ours. They don't want, uh, when you already have, uh, when you're already earning like so much money because you're in such a high place of power, you kind of don't want to like give that away to people who feel, who may or may not, you feel lesser than you. I don't, I'm not too sure of how they exactly feel about us. Um, but yeah, definitely because we're like, we're more entry level probably. And that's sort of just like the generic feeling about entry level workers. Yeah, they don't want to do that because that would be fair, and they don't really want to play fair. <laughs> well, I've got a lot of years on both of you, but watching union fights for a long time uh, in all uh, areas of the marketplace, including sports. I'm a big sports fan. I've watched every single union fight in sports, and I've never seen uh, any em- set of employers. I'm not. I can't remember seeing any set of employers voluntarily saying, "Oh yeah, sure, you, and knock yourself out, Sonny. Go ahead, Z." One of our bigger demands is absolutely like what better security at our store. Um, there's been several people, several other businesses who are who like who have security guards um, come into our stores and be like, "You guys, you guys need some some help here." <laughs> and, uh, we're like one of the only ones like on the block, maybe uh, we don't have one. And uh, as as you know, if you if you hire security, that's extra money out of the pocket. So yeah, I think they also like they don't want that like strong security presence because it kind of goes against their image. But it's like, they could just sit in the corner. I don't know. (laughs) Just a suggestion. I don't think they should put this like perceived image above their employee safety. Well, if it's an issue, it's an issue. So, uh, all right. Well, listen, I want to thank you both for uh, having the guts to come on my show. I appreciate it. And, uh, I wish you the best of luck with uh, your union organizing efforts. I don't make, hey, I'm a big supporter of unions. Uh, my show is sponsored by some unions, and uh, I've been a union uh, at the Reader. We have a union, so uh, my, I'm really rooting for you guys. So best of luck to you, Thank and you. I hope you invite me back uh, as we get closer to the vote date and see how things Love are going. Would you be up for that? Yeah, All absolutely. Right, Definitely. <laughs> yeah, and we really appreciate the support. It's been awesome. All right, uh, Z and Sonny, uh, thank you very much for taking the time to come on my humble show. Uh, Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend.